Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. This week's episode inspiration comes from me. I have very recently got back into reading in a major way. So I grew up a reader. I was literally one of those kids that always had their head stuck in a book. In fact, I changed schools when I was in year three and the principal called my mum and dobbed on me for reading under a tree every lunchtime instead of playing with the other kids. Yeah, so I read constantly. My mum even had to audit our home bookshelf at one point after I found Bryce Courtney's April Fool's Day when I was eight years old and started reading it and asked her very detailed questions about the AIDS virus and blood transfusions. Not super appropriate for an eight-year-old. I especially loved reading things I wasn't supposed to read, like Cosmo magazines when I was a kid or books that were banned from school libraries. I heard that Puberty Blues was banned from our school library, so I borrowed it from the public library purely because it was banned. It was my own little form of nerd rebellion. So I continued to read for pleasure until I was about 16. Then year 11 and 12 happened, and that left me not much time to read. Then during university, I did so much reading for university. I couldn't bear to do more. And then I started teaching, which was more reading. And then I had even less inclination to do it for pleasure. And before I knew it, I blinked and I had basically entirely stopped reading for pleasure, save for a few holiday reads or must reads that popped up in that time. I have been slowly introducing more and more pleasure reading into my life. And in the last two years since we had our kid, I've been doing it even more. And I know that sounds bananas, like who the hell has a baby and ends up reading more. But the reason why is because I'm consciously trying to set an example. So when our kid is playing independently, which isn't very often, so please don't be thinking I have this like magical unicorn child. I don't want the only two things she ever sees me doing is housework or scrolling on my phone. So she certainly sees me do both of those things quite often, but I want her to be raised in a house where it's normal and cool to read. So sometimes in the afternoons, she'll grab a stack of books and she has no interest in me reading them to her. She's like, I do it myself. I do it myself. So because she won't let me read to her, I go grab my book and read my book. If she's watching a TV show, I sit next to her on the couch and read a book. If we are at the park alone, I take a book to read while she's on the swing. When I'm playing with her, I'm like properly playing with her. But when she's happily occupied, I think about what I'd like her to see me doing. And the answer is reading. I mean, I definitely do a lot of housework and cooking too, but I'd like reading an actual book to be at least one of the things that she sees her mum doing. I have been posting my book reviews on Instagram recently, and I've had a lot of people comment that they'd like more time to read. And honestly, it's a skill. You can train that muscle and get in some good reading time, I promise. So I thought I'd do an episode on how you can read more. On that note, this week's guest is Christy from Sometimes I Read Books on Instagram. I discovered her this year when I started posting book reviews on Instagram and she gives fantastic recommendations. I asked her to be a guest on the podcast today and it's the first time she's done something like this. So naturally I was like, dude, you have to do it because my toxic trait is pushing people out of their comfort zones. Here's my chat with Christy. Hi, Christy. How are you? How's your week been? Hi, I'm Good, thank you, Carly. It's been really good. It's been very busy, but um, the sun's shining, it's beautiful autumn weather, so uh, it, it's been pretty good. Thank you. That's lovely. So we have you on the show this week because you are a bookstagrammer. 
What can you explain to us what a bookstagrammer is and what made you start documenting your book reading journey on Instagram? Absolutely. Um, so, bookstagrammer is basically somebody that posts books on Instagram. Um, I started because I love books and I read a lot of books and my friends, I think, got sick of me talking about <laughs> books. So I decided to find a little outlet um, and find like-minded people to talk about books with. I didn't actually realise Bookstagram existed when I started. I just sort of started a page and thought I'd be uh, new and original and apparently <laughs> it was not new and original. I that. <laughs> but I found a huge community of um, like-minded people. So just post books every day and, and what I'm reading and chat about, yeah. How long ago did you books. start it? Two years, two and a bit Your years. Your growth has been amazing. Yeah. That's really fantastic. It. I don't know quite what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Probably spend too much time on it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's my third baby. So you've always been a prolific reader? Yeah, as long as I can remember um, from, a, you know, a kid when, um, you know, back in primary school and just rampaging through the school library and then the high school library and, and yeah, always, always have a stack of books. Have you found reading, that your so. reading habit has dropped off at any point during your life? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, when... Definitely when I had kids, when I first had my kids. So they're, they're 9 and 11 now, but um, when they were born, it, there wasn't quite as much time as I was used to. So <laughs> it definitely um, backed right off. Um, and probably um, the most reading I did then was uh, Where is the Green Sheep? Um, <laughs> I love Where is the Green Sheep. It's such a solid <laughs> Me <book>. too. <laughs> Me too. It's lovely. Uh, but, yeah, definitely during that time, it, priorities changed. A little, um, but now that they're older, I've got a lot more time. So why do you think it is that people stop reading or never really get into it in the first place? Um, Look, I think time is a huge one. Um, You just... Sometimes you go you go into it thinking it's it's just one more thing you're trying to fit in to your day and it's the easy one to give up and maybe at the end of the day it's easier to sit and watch Netflix than than pick up a book or it, or mentally it seems easier to pick up because you can't multitask when Netflix. you're reading a book well not if you're reading it properly no no you can't um, but you can when you're watching you TV <laughs> two screens going and when you're once, looking on your book, phone. Exactly, exactly right. But a book requires full focus. So I guess um, it just, it can feel like a chore, I guess. If, if you've got so much going on, it just becomes one more thing, um, unfortunately. Kind of like um, meditation as well. I think a lot of people resist meditation because you can't do it at the same time as other things. Like I think people would yes. prefer to go for a walk because they can listen to a podcast rather than just sit and be with or, their own thoughts. Exactly, exactly. And that, that's me exactly. I'm um, Walking and <laughs> listening at the same time. <laughs> um, the, I don't know when our world became this multitasking, fit everything in, when actually sometimes what's best for us is one thing focus um yeah a bit of that meditative state instead as a prolific reader 
Mm-hmm. When you stumble upon people who don't read or kind of identify as not particularly enjoying reading, is there anything that you can pinpoint that made them like that? No, I think, look, I think everybody has a reader deep down in them somewhere. Um, they just haven't found the right book yet. Um, I... Uh, it's, I, yeah, I do, it's, it's very hard as a reader to understand why people don't want to do it because I think it's so fabulous and I, th- I get so much out of it personally. But I really think it can be that maybe as a child they've been forced to read something they've hated and that's it. They've just gone, well, I hate reading now. I don't want to do it Particularly anymore. like school actually, reading lists and stuff. Yes. Because if you get forced to read something that you don't like, and I'm a massive reader, I've always loved reading, but I can remember being forced yeah. to read books in school and just thinking, oh, I hate this, this is horrible. Absolutely, absolutely. And even, you know, I remember in high school being forced to read um, 1984 by George Orwell. I was going, oh, I hate this, it's horrible. And I've reread it recently and just thought, this is fabulous. This is this is such a good book. But when you're in high school, you're not just reading, you're analysing and you're being forced to break it down. And, and that reading for pleasure disappears and just reading it for, for the, the, the whole experience. And I think being able to tap back into that rather than that high school reading mentality of, of you know, making notes on every line. And that said, sometimes there's enjoyment in that as well in analysing. So, but I think, yeah, I do think a lot of non-readers have just had it beaten out of them um, by the wrong book and, and, and that forced atmosphere of, of reading. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In, in primary school, I remember we used to get given free reading time sometimes in the afternoons and that was my favourite. I absolutely loved it. Yes. And they stopped giving it to us in high school. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's um, that reading for pleasure disappears where it is in, in primary school. There is still a lot of that, thankfully. And being read to and um, just the enjoyment of it rather than the analysing of it. So what tips would you yeah. give to someone who wants to get into the habit of reading or back into the habit of reading? Look, getting back into the habit, I think find a book that you loved as a child or as a, as a teenager, early adolescence, just find something that you just still think about, pick it up and read it again because you'll just be thrown back into that again. Um, if getting into reading for the first time, I think the, f- look at the subjects you love. So if you love, I don't know, if, if you love a romance movie or, or a thriller movie, pick up those books and you'll actually find, especially a thriller, if you can find a really good page turner, it'll it'll suck you straight into reading. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, my husband isn't a reader at all, um, but years ago I gave him the Hunger Games books and he flew through all of them and just wanted more and more because they, they just have that attention-grabbing, um, huge atmosphere, huge plot, um, and I think that for a non-reader is a great idea. Um, also, check out young adult books. They can be the the this they're so rich in character and plot, but much more accessible, easier to read, and I think they're a great entry level if you're trying to get into reading. 
Um, audio books as well. Never forget audio books. If, if you're out walking, like I do, and you've, you're listening to your podcast, try an audio book. It can be another really good, easy way to get in to reading without having that forced pressure of sitting and trying to trying to get through the pages. I love the tip that you gave about uh, young adult fiction because I was talking about this just yesterday and I've actually put together a list of my top 27 books ever. They're not actually my favourite books. They're just the ones that I've read that have stuck with me that I think would be very accessible to people who want to read. So kind of, um, I guess, kind of popular choice kind of books. And one of them that I put on there was The Fault in Our Stars. And it's, it's yes. young adult, but I remember reading yeah. it. Um, I used to be a high school teacher many years ago and there was a, a girl that I was doing uh, one-on-one work with and she had read this book and was really, really into it. And so I was like, oh, look, I might as well read it so that you know we can at least talk about that because she hated English, absolutely hated it, but read this <laughs> book. And I was like, well, we can work with that. Like if you've read a book, that's a really yes. great start. Let's read the book and go absolutely. from there. And it was beautiful. I was like, this is amazing. Yes. And um, one of my close friends is a, a high school teacher and so she often, sends me recommendations for young adult fiction so I just think it's such a beautiful place to start and easy and quick and yes absolutely and but just um still amazing there's so so many good YA novels out there at the moment um and they are they're they're just much easier much more accessible um, really digestible as well Yes, yes, definitely. And I think it just gives you that once you've got through one or two, it'll give you that confidence to go, actually, I am a reader. I do enjoy reading. And and then you can see what else is out there or just keep reading YA. There's so much good YA and even middle grade fiction, even, you know, coming down lower, there's there's so many good books out there. you, there's something for everyone. I really believe there's a book for everybody out there. While we're on the subject yeah. of uh, young adult fiction, I've decided that when I'm retired, I'm going to write a novel. Um, <laughs> I've had I've had an idea like in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a novelist one day. This is something I'm going to do. Uh, and I, I have two genres that I think I could possibly write in. One is like crime thrillery Jane Harper style stuff or young adult fiction but I kind of feel like you have to hitch your pony to one you could absolutely do both surely Uh, a YA thriller (laughs) you have to kind of tone it down for the kids though Look, I mean, YA is really that it's young adult so like in The Fault With Our Stars it's it's a pretty heavy topic yeah that's true um, but it's it's um, so it's. I think you're looking at that late teenage, early twenties. I think they can handle a lot. Cool. All right. Maybe both then. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Send it through when you're done. I'll have oh, a read. lovely. <laughs> so, what would be your three top tips to make sure that people stay in the habit of reading because it can just fly away without you even noticing? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, these are the things that I do personally every day. Um, And one of them, number one, um, just put it, make it part of your daily routine. So, you know, you get up in the morning, you have breakfast, you brush your teeth, make sure somewhere in there you've got, even if it's 10 minutes, read a book. Um, So for me, every morning with my coffee, so I'll get up, get family sorted do all my things but when I sit with my coffee I'll read for 10 minutes and it's just a nice introduction to the day just eases me in and same at the end of the day 
I will always read before I go to sleep, um, whether it's five minutes, an hour, but it's just, it's part of my daily routine. Um, so I think that it's, you know, just, just making it a priority every day to, to even if it's five pages, just get, just read a little. Um, and on that as well, setting goals, I think can be really good. So whether it's a, a weekly goal, I want to read so many pages or so many books or, or a book a week or a book a month um, or a number of books a year or every day I want to read 10 pages of my book. Um, just having little goals, just again, to make it a priority and just um, have it front of mind. Um, another good thing to keep you going can be reading with a friend. So, so we're either a book club or set up with a friend, hey, let's read this book at the same time and at the end we'll get together chat about it and it gives you just a bit more motivation to go oh hey I have to do that because my friend's halfway through and I'm, I'm lagging behind I better keep up just um just those little extra pushes I guess to to make sure it is something you're prioritizing I love the idea day, of, a, of a reading partner. So I'm part of two book clubs mm. that I absolutely love, but they're both quite big. So inevitably some people aren't going to read the book or some people, so they yes. won't show up to the meeting or they'll show up to the meeting and they yeah. haven't read the book or they've read half of the book. And yes. th there's always like two, two to three, sometimes four people that are just always there. They've read the book. They're ready to chat to it. And it's not that the other people <laughs> ruin book club by any means, but if you're, and I've ruined book club. I had a book a couple of months ago that I just couldn't finish. And I, and that's not like me. Yeah. I love finishing things. So I showed up to book club and I was like, I didn't finish the book. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you didn't finish it? I'm like, I didn't like it. So I think having a reading partner would be really nice because it's you can take it a little bit more seriously. And there's a bigger consequence if you don't finish reading it because you're letting down Absolutely. The, the one person, that's right. And you can also touch base while reading the book then. Oh, have you got to chapter five yet? I really need to talk about this thing that's happened. Um, and it can it's a really good sounding board just uh, – um, as you're reading, as um, as you're going along, especially if the book is a little bit more dense or, or has it, you know, some heavier subjects, it can be really good to have someone to bounce off with. Yeah, or a really big plot and big characters because I read very, very quickly and if there's too yeah. many characters and the plot's too crazy, I tend to miss things because I'm reading too yes, quickly. Yes, so. I can relate to that. Absolutely. I've just finished reading a book recently that was very big, um, it's a very big fantasy book um, and I w was reading it on Bookstagram with a couple of other friends um, thankfully because by the end of it I was so confused <laughs> I had no idea what was going on and neither did they and we were able to discuss it and go oh so that's what you know when that guy jumped off there that's he did it because of this you know it it just it adds so much to the reading experience, um, being able to chat to people about it. And again, that's why I'm, I do what I do. I love having people that I can go to and say, help, I need to discuss this book immediately. And there's a whole raft of people that will come to my, to my aid. <laughs> so at what point do you think that you should give up if you're reading a book that you don't love? Oh, I'm, this is such a bad question. I can see that me. it's torturing you. It's, I am... Um, like you, I am not a quitter. I should, I should be, but I see things through to the end. Um, but I do think um, 
I think you know quite early on in a book if you just think this, it's it's not the book for me or it's not the right time for me to be reading this book um, or sometimes I just hate hate this and I don't I just don't I don't want to pick it up I think if you find yourself avoiding picking up a book because of you're not enjoying it then it is okay to walk away I'm telling myself this as much as everybody else um, it's hard to put it you know a page number on it and say by this many pages you should know um, just follow your gut I think it's supposed to be fun and if it's not fun and if you're not enjoying it then put it aside you may go back in a year and go, oh, actually, I want to give that book a go now, or it may just sit there forever unread, and that's okay. It is okay to walk away. <laughs> Hi, it's Carly, just popping in to remind you to leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Just go to the show page, not the episode page, and scroll down to the bottom where it says leave a review. It would absolutely make my day. You know, when someone first starts dating someone new and they smile like a fool every time they get a text from them, that's totally what my face looks like when I read new reviews. So if you want to make my face look like that, I'd love it if you took a moment to leave a review. Thank you so much. Do you have a particular genre of book that you don't particularly like? Uh, I read anything, but... After just saying I read a huge fantasy book, I don't actually read a lot of fantasy on the whole. It's not, um, I probably just find it a little harder to keep up with, sometimes with the whole world building. Um, again, some of my favourite books are fantasy though, So, I, but it tends to be the one I don't go yeah, to. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean about fantasy. I find that I enjoy fantasy if it's a really, really popular fantasy. So if everyone else is yeah. enjoying it... I'll read it and enjoy it. But if it's a deep, culty, tiny subset fantasy, it's too complicated and I can't get into yeah. it. But then I'm so basic. Like I, I just really <laughs> enjoy the books that everyone's reading. So that's why I find. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Not basic at all. It's, <laughs> it's, if everybody's enjoying them, it tends to be for a reason, I think. Um, but yeah, it, look, I really do read, I don't read a lot of, romance um like your really heavy romance um same we have really similar tastes yeah <laughs> so i'm not a huge fan of fictional books set in factual wars so if if okay. it's I, I like i love the tattooist of Auschwitz. like i absolutely loved that yeah. but that was because it was more about the people than about the complications yes. of the war so if there is a book that's yeah. set in war times i will love it but i need there to be more of a personal connection if they start talking about yes. who's fighting who and why and complicated spies with different i'm like i, I can't i know it's yeah. too complicated <laughs> just just yes. who's, who's in love with who and who's going to kill kill who that's what i need to know <laughs> yeah Yes, and I'm similar. I, I do. I I really enjoy historical fiction, um, and but similar to you, I love that the the story about the people rather than maybe the especially in war fiction that the because it can be really heavy. yeah, and, and I find it really, really stressful really as well. I find like yes. learning about you know war and the way that you know countries have operated historically, and I just it's, it's a bit anxiety inducing. Yeah, it. I mean, it's similar, I guess, to political novels for me. I, I, it's it. 
I, I get lost. Yeah, for me, it has to be <laughs> something. It has up. to be something very specific if I'm going to read a political novel. Like I recently, this yeah. is not a movie, but just as an example of something that I would enjoy reading about. I watched the trial of the Chicago Seven on Netflix, and if okay. to the yeah. people who are listening watch that movie it is outstanding it got a whole lot of oscar nominations and it's about um these seven people who protested uh sending people off to war and how the government tried to connect them all together so that they could put them in jail for it and it's just it was incredible but i need it to be really specific and it needs to be and i need to know the people and understand the people high level conceptual politics and war stuff just goes over my head because I don't have a personal connection to it. Yes. No, that's yeah, completely understand. So if there is a particular book that you love, so my recent one, we actually bonded over this on Instagram. I think the most, the book I loved that I've read recently is by Sally Hepworth and it's called the mother-in-law and I hadn't discovered her before. Such a good book. It's so good. And I literally (laughs) just walked into, so I live in um, uh, the Northeast of Victoria. So my local big W is Wankarata big W and Mm -hmm. people who are book readers in this region are obsessed because it has this random amazing book section it's just a a country big w that has this incredible and it's got like top 100 like it's got this top 100 section so you can just go in so i just grabbed it and i absolutely loved it and i fully intend on reading more of her stuff how would i because she's only got two other books and i'm already panicked about having read through her entire portfolio and i'm going to need something sally hepworthy-esque after that how would i go about finding something similar Interesting. So, I mean, jump on Bookstagram and ask would be a huge one. <laughs> There's so many people out there that um, I know specifically with Sally Hepworth, she is very popular. I highly recommend following her on Instagram. She's also hilarious. Um, but you can use the hashtags on Bookstagram. You can either reach out to someone or use your has- hashtags and, and look up the, the genre. So, um, I guess a domestic thriller or family um, drama and you should find a whole raft of similar books. Um, I'm a huge fan of my library. So going in and actually asking the librarian, they, they're such a good resource for uh, book recommendations. They just know, uh, know everything. I, I have a real thing um, for librarians. I just think they're really special. And like every time, and they're so oh, funny they and so witty. Most of them, they yes. really are. It's very funny because they often yes. come ac- across as quite quiet, but they're really acerbic and like, I just love them. They're just, yeah, I, I, I love all of my librarians. <laughs> they're, they're just, and they do, they, once you get, it's a bit like a, a bookshop sh- actually. Um, once, if you have a, a local bookstore, you get to know the owner they will start handing you books as you walk in the door. Oh, I know you loved this one, so try this. You'll, you'll love this book. Definitely great resources. Um, they will make you spend a lot of money. Yes. It's <laughs> okay. It's books, so it's okay. I totally agree. I just don't – I think that the money that you spend on books is different money. That's yes. how I justify yes. it to myself. I, uh, I, I have my home library, and it makes me ridiculously happy, so – Every cent is worth. Oh, see, I have a thing with fiction books where I pass them on. I don't keep them. I like to set them free into the Uh, world. I keep my art books or instructional books or like recipe books, ones that I'll come back to. But once I've read a novel, unless I'm very, very sure that I'm going to 
really, really love it and read it again. I set it free because I feel like it needs to be read by other people. That's just my own weird little oh, thing. I'm I'm a book hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll send ones on that. I I know I maybe didn't connect with, but I know somebody else that will connect with it. But I have many favourites that I would struggle to to let go of. Well, I actually, because I generally don't reread books. I read a lot of self-help books just because of, you know, my work and, you know, I do a lot of self-improvement stuff. Um, I tend to hold on to those for reference. But I recently read, is it, it, do you pronounce it phosphorescence or phosphorence? Phosphorescence? I think it's phosphorescence. Phosphorescence? Phosphorescence. By Julia Baird. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, And, like, I I did a swap on Instagram for this book, and I haven't done my review of it on Instagram yet because it's just – have you read it? No, I haven't, but you may be the fourth or fifth person to to, um, recommend it. I I have lost it over that book. It was so good, and I just – and I – and I'm not usually into it's. It's kind of it's a biographical kind of book, but it's more than that. It's it's so odd and wonderful. And I read it, and I'm like, okay. I want to keep this book because there's so much in it that I I want to reference in the future. But I also want yes. someone else to experience it. I just kind of feel like it's a shame to put <laughs> it on my shelf and not let someone. You, you need to buy ten of them and, and just, just give it to people. Them. <laughs> yeah. So I think <laughs> all your friends for their birthdays from now on. <laughs> I love how you're like, well, no, keep it, obviously. Come up with a different solution so that other people yes. can read it. <laughs> well, again, that's it's the hoarder in me. <laughs> so do you have any tips for encouraging kids and non-reading adults to develop a love of books and reading? Uh, yeah, look, kids. So I have, as I said earlier, nine and 11-year-old. They are both avid readers. And I, I do believe it's so – they've grown up surrounded by books. I have my bookshelf. They have their very stacked bookshelves. Their rooms are overflowing with books. Um, they know that it's my weakness, so they will say, Mum, I want this book, and I can't say no ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really think it's just, you know, reading to them as they were from, – from when they were little. It was just, again, part of that routine and every day being read to – um, and they saw me reading all the time. So it just, for, the, for, for kids, just, just surrounding. And again, finding the right book as well. Kids are so lucky these days. There's um, so many good books and graphic novels. Uh, the, the amount of graphic novels out there now for kids are incredible and very, again, accessible for kids that can't sit down and, and tear through chapter books. But these graphic novels just they connect with them and it's it's wonderful um adults maybe it's similar surround surround (laughs) with books find that right book for the right person there's some fantastic adult graphic graphic novels out there as well now and different formats rather than just the page of words there's so many different formats to um to help that can really just let people find something that works for them So that was my chat with Christy and I hope it has stirred up something inside you to get you back into your book reading pleasure. Let's talk about reading statistics because I know the listeners love that. 
In 2016, there was a study that showed that over a 12-year period, regular book readers had a 20% reduction in their risk of mortality. I think I need to repeat that because that is just mind-blowing. 20% reduction in their risk of mortality. So readers have higher odds of not dying than non-readers, which I guess on a very basic level kind of makes sense because maybe readers are less likely to engage in dangerous behaviors because they're too busy reading. Who knows? But what an excellent perk of being a reader. You're less likely to die. There was another study from Rush University in Chicago that shows that you are 2.5 times less likely to develop Alzheimer's if you read regularly. The same statistics apply to things like puzzles and crosswords and things like that. So, I mean, you know, that's something that is quite obvious if you are a reader, it's just really good for your brain. And as you age, being a reader will definitely help you in, you know, keeping your brain cognitive. Reading also drastically improves your life satisfaction. Another study, which full disclosure, this study was behind a paywall. So I could, and for some reason I couldn't pay my way through. I tried, but I don't know, maybe it's not for sale anymore. Anyway, several articles cited this, so I'm inclined to believe it's true. This study showed that readers' stress levels dropped by 68% after spending a solid amount of time reading. 68%. So if you are struggling with your stress levels, crack open a book. Everyone needs less stress in their life. So you probably like reading and you know it's good for you, but how do you find the time? Here are a few tips that have worked for me. I tend to grab my book instead of my phone. So whenever I find myself itching to pick up my phone, I pick up my book instead. I've been social media free Friday through till Monday for a few weeks now. And it's great. That means I remove all social media from my phone on Thursday night and I don't reinstall it until Tuesday morning. So I do social media Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, mainly for work. And when I don't have those on my phone, if I go to pick up my phone and there's no Facebook there, I go, oh, that's my reminder that I should be reading my book. So our kid sometimes wakes up early and she likes to chill out in our bed for a bit before we start the day. And she generally likes to pretend to read her books. So instead of scrolling on my phone next to her, I read and it's just so lovely. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be on your phone, do whatever works for you. I know some people love a 20 minute scroll at the beginning of the day, catching up with people. And there's some really lovely worthwhile things on social media, like book groups that you might be a part of or challenges that you might like to check in on. And that's all totally fine. At the moment, at this point in my life, I would just rather spend 20 minutes reading than 20 minutes on Facebook. So I concentrate on making that happen. If the opposite works for you, that's totally cool too. Another thing that you can do if you're really keen to get back into reading is to join a book club. I've joined two in the last few years and they are great. One is with the women in my family. We started doing it during COVID lockdown and we've kept doing it. And it's just lovely. It's once a month. We all hop on a Zoom chat and have a couple of glasses of wine. There's about 15 of us. And it's just a beautiful way to stay connected with my family when, you know, we were separated by border closures, but it's turned into seeing them more often than we would have before COVID. So that's just a really lovely perk of what's been a pretty garbage situation for a lot of people. My other book club is a local one run in my town by a bunch of women with kids and we read the book and have a kid-free outing to discuss it. 
So joining a book club is great for two reasons. One, it holds you accountable. So you actually try to finish the book. And two, it also exposes you to books that you might never have read. I also think it's just really healthy and social to be a part of a community activity. I originally joined a book club to make friends in my new country town and it totally worked. I have a lovely group of women whose company I really enjoy and we even go to the movies and hang out outside of the book club. So all around can highly recommend book clubs. The two I've joined in the last few years have been an overwhelmingly positive experience for me. If the idea of a book club is too much for you socially or time-wise, I think taking Christy's tip of coming of creating a reading partnership is fantastic. That way there's only one other person that you have to communicate with. And also you can pick someone you already like if you're not in the market for making new friends. Another really important tip is to stop reading books you don't like. Christy and I both are completionists and enjoy finishing books, but even I won't finish a book that I really hate. So recently for one of my book clubs, I had to read a book called The Thursday Murder Club. It was a new release, hotly anticipated book, and a, about a bunch of people in a retirement home who so, solve murders in their spare time. It sounded like my ideal book. It was supposed to be <laughs> funny and engaging and a bit thrillery. And for some reason, I just couldn't get into it. And I tried. I really, really tried. And I'm a people-pleasing upholder, so I hate going to book club if I haven't read the book. But I had to stop. I'd hop into bed every night and just be like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is me giving you full permission to stop reading books you don't like. Just stop. Put it down. Pick up something else. Another thing that you can do is to ask for recommendations. I am loving posting on Instagram when I've finished a book because I like to ask for recommendations. And that's actually how I met Christy because the Bookstagram community is so lovely and I was using the Bookstagram hashtags and Christy started commenting on my book reviews and requesting books that she thinks I might like. So she was so helpful. The whole community is really helpful and really respectful. It's kind of like what the internet used to be. So yeah, I frequently post book reviews and do book swaps. So make sure you follow me at Very Excellent Habits to nab a great book there sometime. Another thing I try really, really, really hard to do is to go to bed early and read. I get it. It's really, really hard to do this. By the time my kid is in bed, I have a few hours to finally be myself. And sometimes I'm just too wrecked to even get off the couch. Recently, though, I've been forcing myself into bed with a book to read for an hour. And honestly, it's just bliss. If I get in an hour every night, plus a few 20 minute sessions when I can grab them during the week, that's plenty of time for me to read a book a week. So that's it for the reading episode. I have popped together a list of the top 27 books I've ever read, and they will be available in Patreon for supporters of the show. It's just a thank you to those who have supported the show through the transition to Very Excellent Habits. If you'd like to become a supporter, just go to patreon.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. This list is a fantastic place to start if you've totally fallen off the wagon and need someone to just hand you a list of amazing books and go, here, read these. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. You can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show, speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.